Welcome everybody to the business podcast where we pour out weekly business lessons from entrepreneurs and business owners from around the world. This week's episode is brought to you by Getting Comfy, your morning guide to daily happiness. And stay tuned for later on in the show and you'll find out how to get your hands on one of three copies of Getting Comfy. I'm your host, Super Joe Pardo, and my guest today is making his dreams come true by one morning at a time. Ladies and gentlemen, wherever you are right now, I need you to give a big, warm welcome for our guest, Jordan Gross. Woo! Super Joe, thank you so much. That was great. Super pumped. All right, I'll, I'll probably stop saying super now, but no, no, it's, it's good. It's all good. We're, you know, it's super Jordan. It is great to have you on today. Um, thank you so much for taking the time out of your schedule. Thank you. Um, thank you. I want you to get started by giving some background about yourself. Yeah, absolutely. So um, I'm from Long Island, New York, and I was a big athlete growing up, big time soccer player. Pretty much that's all I wanted to do when I was heading into college. Turned out that those uh, dreams would not come to fruition, so I had to choose a school where I could still enjoy sports but also focus on the academic side of things too. Uh, I also wanted to get out of New York for a little while, so I chose Northwestern in Chicago, which is a Big Ten school. So I got the sports I needed, and it's also pretty good in the academic department. So I studied economics there along with some civic engagement and business. And had an unbelievable four years, um, took on a lot of different initiatives in terms of nonprofit work and starting some startups and organizations like that, trying to really dip my feet into a lot of different activities. Uh, and then upon graduation, I had started this Alzheimer's awareness group and I wanted to continue it and not give it up. So I decided to continue my education at Northwestern so that I could learn some more management skills about how to grow this uh, nonprofit related organization called They Forget We Remember. Um, so I went on to do a one-year master's program at Northwestern's business school, Kellogg School of Management. Um, so I was there. I was doing that. I also tried to work with a couple of different other startups, started my own startup in the food delivery space. Um, and then from there, I decided it was time to move on to a quote-unquote normal or real job. And with that food delivery startup, I kind of realized I did want to deviate from the norm a little bit. Um, I, I was thinking about the startup world, the tech world. I didn't want to follow the traditional path of finance or consulting that so many of my peers do. Uh, so I decided to go with restaurants, and I got a, a pretty cool management role in a training program with uh, Hillstone Restaurant Group. And I took that on from about August till November, and I was working really long hours, really long days, um, and I decided that it wasn't really lighting me up anymore. Like, I still loved the restaurant, I still loved interacting with people, but I feel like I kind of learned all that I had to learn. Um, so I reevaluated, and I realized that what was lighting me up in the morning, what was getting me excited to wake up was this morning routine that I always do. Uh, which is called Getting Comfy, which we'll get to later on. And it was about, you know, I was getting excited to write Getting Comfy and, and share Getting Comfy with others. So I made the deep dive to jump out of uh, the Hillstone boat in November, even though I, I truly enjoyed my experience. And since then, I was able to review, uh, polish, and then self-publish Getting Comfy 
at the end of January. So now it's all been all about, you know, getting on amazing podcasts like this, getting in interviews, uh, creating content, building the social media following and doing all that it takes to kind of share this message and inspire millions, which is what I'm trying to do. It's, uh, the main goal is to add value to others without expecting anything in return. And, you know, myself, along with a lot of amazing team members and support, really do that every single day since this whole initiative started. So, Jordan, I, first off, let's go back to the Alzheimer's initiative. How did you, did, do, you yeah. do you know somebody that's, you know, that this is affected? Yes. So when I was a junior in college, may have been a sophomore, but my, I was a sophomore. I was a sophomore in college. My grandfather passed away from Alzheimer's, and he had Alzheimer's since I was probably a junior in high school. So I volunteered with uh, Alzheimer's patients when I was in my freshman year of college, and I learned how to live in the moment and understand what it's like to, to treat people with this unbelievably terrible disease. So just like a really a funny quick anecdote is, like it, it, it's basically like improv. It's like, yes, and you just kind of go with the situation and try to try to create as many smiles as possible. So when I was working with this one woman, she always, I would walk into the door and she'd always be like, oh my goodness, it's Clark Gable, like this old actor who I didn't even know who he was at the time. And he'd be like, Clark Gable, like, give me your autograph, give me your autograph. Like every single time she'd ask for my autograph, she probably had like 20 by the time I stopped working with them. And, you know, it's all about giving her the autograph and creating the smile for her, living in the moment. You know, I'd, I'd put on a Clark Gable performance, like look up what he used to say in his movies and, and just try to make her happy. So uh, that's my little aside about how best to um, treat Alzheimer's patients. But yeah, so my, my grandfather passed away my sophomore year and I was I was actually saying a little something at his eulogy, uh, as a eulogy, and I just looked around and I said, this is such a, a travesty for my family. You know, I, I grew up, I, I'm such a different person now than I was at age 14 or 15 when my grandpa was first diagnosed. Um, there has to be something where, you know, there's support for this um, people who are affected by it. So I, I decided then and there that I was going to do something at Northwestern to help the people who are affected by Alzheimer's. And honestly, it's, it's all of us. We all know somebody who is. Um, so I decided to just, you know, take the initiative and start an initiative. No, I, I love that. I can, uh, yeah. I, and I, and I'm sorry to hear about your grandfather passing away. I know my, my uh, mind I, passed I appreciate away. It, and... yeah. I appreciate I, it. I'm sorry for you too. Well, thank you. I, uh, it sounds like, I guess you were pretty close to your grandfather. Yeah, definitely. But it was a closeness as in like, you know, he was my, him and my grandma were my babysitter when I grew up. So obviously my whole childhood was spent with him. But like I mentioned before, it was 14 years old when he started to kind of forget who I was and my transformation specifically from when I was 14 to 21 when he passed away is monumental so you really never got to see uh the person and the man that i became or i'm becoming <laughs> well i i'm sure he'd be quite proud uh you know being able to to do something like that that where you stand up and and um 
do something on a mission like that. That's that's awesome. So do you still run the Thank you. Uh, the uh, I was it they they forget they remember. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. Good memory. Uh, so I do not. Uh, I pass it on and kind of serve as like an advisor to a couple guys who took it over at Northwestern. Uh, but it opened up some really cool opportunities. Like I, I'm still a, a junior board member of Northwestern's Cognitive Neurology and Alzheimer's Disease Center. Uh, I was a board member for a little while for an initiative called the Youth Movement Against Alzheimer's which is a nationwide nonprofit organization that they forget we remember was a part of that connects all different Alzheimer's associations across the country from a youth level. So high schools, colleges, maybe a couple of years out who are trying to raise awareness for the disease. Oh, wow. Well, no, yeah, that, yeah. that's awesome. I mean, and sometimes, you know, it's, it's good to be able to recognize when it's time for you to step aside and let somebody else take the re- the wheel um, yeah. sometimes it's Jesus and sometimes it's somebody else, you know, uh, <laughs> that, that can actually is here in the now that can run an yeah. organization. So that, that's awesome yeah. though, that you stay in contact with them and, and stay, uh, you know, moving forward, uh, and keep yeah. coming up with them. Yeah. Exactly. So let, let's move forward to like the, the startup in the food delivery. Uh, was this okay, before sure. or after like Uber eats and like, was it Grubhub or how? I don't. I don't know. I'm not fortunate yeah. enough to live in an area that gets any of that stuff. So. Oh no! Oh no! Um, yeah. So it, it's during this whole age of of uh, immediate access to technology and delivery and things like that. So what I decided was, and this was this was last year, by the way. I'm 23, so I just did this master's last year. Um, I decided that with uber eats grubhub the process and it may or may not have come on a hungover sunday but the process to order that food was pretty overwhelming you know it's like first i had to choose the website that i wanted to use then i had to choose the cuisine that i was looking for then i had to choose the restaurant then i had to choose the type of food within the restaurant then i had to choose the exact menu item and then I finally got my food. So what I did and what I had been doing for my roommates was every time they asked me, I, I cook a lot. So I, I cooked dinner for my, uh, myself and my three roommates pretty much my senior year of college, uh, my master's program, and now this year as well. So every time I'd cook, I'd be like, hey, what do you guys want? And they'd be like, I don't care. We trust you. So it was my duty every night to choose the ingredients, make the food, and literally like their choice was meal or no meal. If you like it, you eat it. If you don't, you don't. Uh, So I took that concept into larger hands and sort of spread it around a little bit in Chicago. And I called it Feed My Mates because it came from feeding my roommates. And it it was to combat that overwhelming feeling you get when ordering food from a restaurant and literally give you this ease of no choice. It was, this is the meal I'm making, here's a picture of it, here are the ingredients, it's pretty. It's always pretty healthy for you, and your only choice you have to make is meal or no meal. So I, you know, I had a couple people helping me from Kellogg, and we spread a, you know, like 50 to 100 meals around Chicago in a couple months span, and it was a uh, it was a ton of fun, but it goes back to the theme of, I guess what we might hit on later is that I just love to to get after something. I I hate the feeling of having an idea in my head and letting it linger. I just want to 
test it, you know? So I, I tested it and it was, it was a tremendous experience. You know, so I, I mean, me personally, that, that would be amazing to be your roommate because <laughs> I eat pretty much anything. Uh, Crock-Pots yeah. are like the only – Crock-Pot meals aside from like chili is like the only thing yeah. that, that I, I, I kind of dread when, when my wife makes them. But yeah. it's because the Crock-Pot is just not – I don't know. It, it Like it does something to chicken. It makes it not taste that good. And, and mm-hmm. beef is eh, – and stew. But but aside from like those three things, like yeah. anything and, and specifically in a crock pot, like I would eat pretty much anything. So yeah. <laughs> I uh I, they are they were very fortunate to have you as a roommate. Um and so you took those yeah. those skills? Oh sorry, go ahead, go ahead. No, no, no. You go ahead. Uh, I was oh. gonna say uh, so, <laughs> so you 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 so you took those skills and you ended up working for a uh, restaurant uh organization? Yeah. Uh so it was really I wouldn't say I'm too skilled. It was really more the passion, like being, you know, cooking the food, being around the food. I, I love restaurants as well. Um, I have this strange uh, juxtaposition, I guess, where like I love being healthy, but I, I've always loved great food. You know, like I love great desserts. Like I, I can be super unhealthy, but at the same time, I try to like stay fit and work out a lot. Um, but, you know, I love like the Michelin star restaurants and whatnot too. So I figured, you know, I, that's where I ultimately wanted to be and maybe still ultimately want to be his own, like some really cool restaurants later on down the road. Um, but I thought, why not get into it now, especially when there's like a pretty cool prestigious program out there, um, in order to get on straight to the the management side of things. Um, so that was always an opportunity that I thought would be great. It was, but you know, I think getting comfy is a little bit more meaningful now and uh why i made the transition and how long were you working at the uh the restaurant company before you decided to to leave yeah it was just four months august to november wow three and a half months yeah yeah so tell, let's let's get to the book right what were some of the first yeah. steps you took when you got to the idea that you're like i'm gonna write this book um, and, and then also break down how, and well, not only what comfy actually stands for, but how you got uh, to the point of like comfy is my acronym. Yeah. Okay. So the inspiration came from, I'd say junior going into senior year of college. Um, I had, look, I, I did a lot of cool things in, in college. I had an amazing experience, but I also, I like to to get my fair share of partying in. Um, so, you know, maybe I was I was drinking a little bit too much. And there was one day where I was just kind of like, all right, I, I kind of need some sort of self-betterment activities where I can, you know, maybe do this in moderation and still be a productive member of society. Um, so I started listening to podcasts and I started reading books and I got my hands on anything productivity related um, Tim Ferriss, Tony Robbins, just self-betterment as much as I could. And I stumbled upon Hal Elrod's The Miracle Morning, which is this great morning guide, um, very similar. And I decided that I, I love the techniques in that book and I loved his podcast and I loved everything he was about. But, you know, I, I tested them out on myself. I, I treated myself like a, like a human guinea pig. And I found that I had some other things to say and other things that were working for me and making me happy. So I just started writing them down. And little by little, I'd 
you know, my, my, my book is very anecdotal. Uh, so I write stories down and try to relate them to a lesson that I learned. Um, and I wrote with this stream of consciousness for like a year, a year and a half, like looked at it every month or so. And then when I realized that toward the end of my Hillstone experience, that this was what was really driving me, that's when I started to put piece things together. That's when I started to polish it and make it into this book, sit down with it every single day, um, and then put the finishing touches on and make it ready to go live. And it, so, so that, so you decided that when it was, when it was time for the book to get ready to come out, that you, that's when you were like, I'm going to make the job. Uh, yeah, I, I think when I made the jump, it was because I was, I wasn't overly happy, um, at the time. And I knew that I had to get out of there in order to be happy. And then it probably took me like a week to figure out that this jump to getting comfy was what was going to make me happy. Yeah. Mm. And that's where, you know, that's where comfy comes in. It was all about, you know, I was, I put myself in an uncomfy situation and I was getting comfy in it to the best of my ability. Um, but it was time to make a change and it was time to get comfy again. Uh, so besides the acronym, which we'll get to in a, in a little bit, comfy is all about that. It's getting comfy in the uncomfy, putting yourself in positions, uh, creating new experiences, opportunities, doing something that scares you every single day. Uh, where you can really just do and practice something new. Now, when you do do that, I mean, when I do it, it's not only, yeah. like sometimes I got to drag myself kicking and screaming through it and, and even going through the, the mo the, or not just the motions, but the emotions that I get to deal with of like anger, anger at myself, anger at other people, disappointment in myself, disappointment in other people. Like mm -hmm. there's a lot of things that come with that. So, um, so when when you decided to to leave to make the choice to, to be happy, I mean, I totally resonate with that, right? Like, I left my yeah. family's business to to make that jump to to be happier, and I, yeah, and and out of the gate, I wasn't happy. <laughs> I wasn't yeah. happy for a little. Like, it took a couple of months to you know get yeah. get to it, and then it took a couple more months before I got used to like, hey, I'm not going right. to work. I'm doing what I want. I'm building my own, uh, you know, uh, enterprise here, and. Yeah. And yeah, so, so to walk me through some of those emotions that you felt once you decided to leave. Yeah. So I would say that a, a nice practice that I like to use is I, I like to look at myself when I'm like 50 years old and I always think about what kind of story that I'm going to craft and what story I've crafted when I'm 50 years old and I can tell my children about my life's path, you know? So the emotions that come through when, I, when I'm decision-making are pretty simple. It, it's like when I was leaving Hillstone, I, yes, I, I was feeling anxious. I was feeling stressed. I was feeling overwhelmed. But then I just asked myself the simple questions. Am I happy? Yeah, okay, sure. Am I the happiest I can be? Maybe not. I don't think so. So then I start to think about making a change. When I make this change, here's the kicker. Like, it's a bit dramatic, but if I were to make this change, would I be out homeless on the street? And the answer is no. So if the answer to that question is no, then I think it's time to make the change and figure it out and kind of just go for it. And then the excitement kicks in 
because that's when you start to craft the new story and you get, you know, you're eager to dip your feet in something new. You're, you're, you know, you're, you're anticipating creating something, building new relationships. Um, and that's when you forget about that anxiety and stress and fear and all the positive emotions kick in. No, I, I would agree. I mean, that would, that would definitely explain, uh, my situation. Um, yeah. now before we dip into how your family took all of that, actually, you know what, yeah. no, let's, let's just go to how your family took all that, because here you are probably with some form of student debt. Uh, mm-hmm. you, you have a job with a, with a restaurant company that's been around for a while. You've, mm-hmm. you've done startups, you've done, uh, awesome nonprofit work. Yeah, and, and even played Gar- Clark Gable. Um, for any, <laughs> you know anyone who doesn't know that, that is, look him up. Uh, I honestly couldn't tell you much about him myself. I just know the name, and I know that. Yeah. Uh, you know, I love Lucy. Lucille Ball would talk about him a lot back in the yeah. the late forties. So that's exactly right. <laughs> uh, so yeah. So anyway, uh, how did your family take this this shift of like I'm gonna write a book and now I'm leaving this you know this job. Yeah, yes. Yeah. So this is a perfect opportunity to say that I have the most amazing, incredible family and support system, uh, friends, and the the reception and the admiration to take the deep dive to kind of put yourself out there and stray away from the non from the traditional path has been something that I never would have expected. Um, I kind of Look, there is skepticism. I deal with it every single day. Uh, but the, from the people who matter most, my family and my close friends, um, the support has been uh, unparalleled is the best word. I, I couldn't have asked for anything better. Um, and to get even more specific, my parents and my brother, um, you mentioned like student debt. Like My, my parents were able to, to set me up for college. I've been completely fortunate in that regard, um, so I don't have student debt. And They've really allowed me the opportunity to go about this new chapter of my life with with no real worries, especially from the financial aspect. Um, and like you said, I, I have done some things in the past, so I do have a little bit of a cushion. Uh, I can't sit on it forever, and uh, maybe money is something I'll, I'll think about in, I don't know, a year or two. I don't want to put a number on it, but... Uh, money's never been a driver for me. I think ever since I was a little kid, uh, when I was seven years old after 9-11, I got a bunch of my friends and we made a lemonade stand. And you'd expect that seven-year-olds making a lemonade stand would just want all that money, but it wasn't like that. I We donated all of our proceeds to local families who were affected by 9-11. So I think I, I've been really fortunate to have this kind of give back mentality. It's not about money instilled in me from a super young age and i i put that all in the hands of my parents no i well that that is that is awesome and i uh that that is amazing that you you thought to Thank do you. that i um coming from a standpoint of mo- you know money as a tool money as a th- it's a thing but it's not a thing yeah. that that drives you um I, you know i 110% resonate with that money does yeah. not you know force make me more inclined to want to do one thing versus the other right it's a me right. it's about doing the things that matter the most um right. and a great example of that is uh whether or not i'm going to have to put my kids into uh daycare right Coming exactly up here soon. 
Yeah. And and it's not about the $400 a week. I mean, don't get me wrong. That sucks. I'm not <laughs> – I wouldn't want to pay that. But what's more important to me is that my kids are brought up by, you know, my wife and I uh, more so than somebody else that we're paying to do so, uh, and especially at that rate. <laughs> um, but, you know, yes. being uh-huh. the, the, the thing, it's like, okay, well, that means we're going to have to, you know, do something different to, to supplement her income. Um, and mm-hmm, not, mm-hmm. you know, have it so that we can be there and our kids can mm-hmm. learn. So, and, mm-hmm. and to go along with, um, wanting to help people at a yeah. young age, uh, I don't know if you know this, but at the age of seven, uh, six, well, six, seven, my parents were getting divorced and I wanted to be uh-huh. a child psychologist. Oh no, I didn't read that. Yeah. That's so, awesome. so That's when awesome. I was, you know, to help other kids going through divorce, like I was. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. so I definitely resonate with that, that mentality That's of great. like wanting to help people wanting to be there. Now for me, I didn't, I couldn't, I couldn't stand school. So, so that's, that's where we did for a little bit, but there was a disconnect. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, well, also I wasn't willing to go to school for 10 years and I don't know that it sounds like right. you would necessarily yeah, either. Maybe not now. No, not at this point. <laughs> so, um, super Jordan, what is your hobby outside of writing and starting businesses and doing, you know, nonprofit work? Yeah. Uh, so it's gotta be, it's gotta be sports and athletics related. Um, I guess, you know, it is a part of this whole comfy brand because that is the M part, uh, movement, which we'll get to soon. Uh, but I'm a, you know, I'm a personal trainer, uh, every morning, from 6 to 9 a.m., I have personal training clients, and I like to, to add value to them in that regard, too, for their physicality uh, and their mental health uh, that the exercise brings. Also, just like I said in the beginning, I played a lot of soccer growing up, so I'm still heavily involved in intramural sports, basketball, volleyball, huge spike ball guy when the weather gets nicer. Um, yeah, anything that gets you moving is uh, a definite hobby of mine. And cooking. We mentioned cooking before. Love to cook. Spike ball. You know, that, that game is a lot of fun. I did pick that up. Um, it's, yeah. very, it's very difficult to play. <laughs> yeah. It is not easy. Uh, yeah, it takes practice. A lot of hand-eye coordination. I, uh, it's funny you mentioned intramural sports. I, I tried to do uh, soccer because some of my friends were like, oh, we're, we're getting a solid like game. Like a, 30 year old soccer team all together so like, yeah. i think i was like 28 or 29 at the time and they, they just let me yeah. on but dude those guys were like serious like they were kicking the ball so hard i was like I- i'm not standing out there in front of these things like <laughs> yeah. i don't care if i got a cup or not like i'm gonna end up getting a concussion <laughs> out here no you have to join you have to get in the beginner league joe yeah you can't, apparently. Just, you can't just dive into the experts yeah <laughs> apparently because that was that was not a lot of fun a lot of fun. No, I, I mean, I do play hockey. I play roller hockey. I've played it for nice. going on like eight, nine years. But I, for me, I, I think one thing that you touched on, the mental health aspect yeah. of, of exercise, yes. um, you know, running is is uh, therapeutic for me. It's meditation. Um, yes. Do you, do you do any running yourself? I do. Absolutely love running. Um, it hasn't been nice out, obviously, the last couple months, but the few <laughs> – the few good days we have had in New York, uh, uh, me and my buddies, we like to run down the East River, get like five or six miles in. Um, aside from that, we hit the treadmill every day. Big sprinters. We're, we're in a HIIT, high-intensity interval training, I guess, uh, phase right now. So we're trying to get moving pretty intensely as much as we can. 
Oh, that that is uh, that is definitely more than I've been involved with the last two years <laughs> uh, with having a kid, you know, our first kid and now our second kid. But right. but, right. but April on my goal board is to yeah. start running again and start pra- uh, getting it. ready for another half or full marathon. Yeah, uh, I was just going to ask, have you done uh, any marathons? Oh, yeah. Oh, you can't see the medals? Over no. There? Are they over there? No, I can't see them. Oh, wait. It's like on the edge of the camera. Is it too... Are they too small? They might be too small. I have a bunch of medals. They're like all Disney medals. Uh, oh, that's where most yeah. of my running has has culminated from. But uh, at Disney, you oh nice. Yeah. Oh, you see, do you see them now? Yeah. 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 So uh, I I got I just moved into this office not that long ago. Huh. So I need to get things kind of hung up and and things right. of that nature. But um, but Looks right good. now the medals are in the background over there. Um, gotcha. Looks so good. before we talk about getting comfy and how you can get your copy of uh, getting comfy, let's talk about your biggest roadblock. I'll, uh, I'll say this. So I, I had finished the, what I thought was the final content portion of the book while I was with Hillstone. Like I said, I had stream of consciousness, a lot of paragraphs attempted to put them together um, that process was much better when I decided to finally go self-publishing. Um, so I thought I was pretty naive and I thought that because I had this put together book and I, you know, I had a, a solid job and I went to a good school that I would be on the path for a traditional publishing deal. And I would just, you know, get an agent and I would get published by Random House or Penguin or something like that. And everything would just fall into my lap. Obviously, as you know, that didn't happen. So uh, I tried the traditional publishing route to begin with, and I created this long proposal, you know, 40 pages. My book's only like 130, and I fished it around to, to multiple publishing agents, just the agents, not even the publishing companies themselves. Um, and I didn't hear back from a lot of them, and I did hear back from a few and the feedback was, oh, this is really cool content, and we like your background, but what's your platform? I kept hearing this word, platform, platform, platform. You know, how many Instagram followers do you have? How many Twitter followers do you have? Do you have a blog? Um, you know, what's your reach? Because they want to guarantee sales, and I understand that. So I was just like, I don't have, a, like, a platform. I'm 23 years old. Like, I just wrote a book. Like, can I build the platform from the, blo- from the book? And they're just like, you know, it's, it's that's not how it works. Come back to us in like a year or two when you've started to build your platform. So um, not that I like to fall prey to too many millennial stereotypes. But uh, at the time, I kind of wanted the, the instant gratification of, of just having finished a book, especially a book that helps other people. I wanted to get it out there as soon as possible. I didn't want to wait a, a year or two for people to, to start hearing my message. Um, so that's when I started to get into the self-publishing space and I decided to go that route. Uh, I used self-publishing school by Chandler Bolt. I went through a program where you build your platform by creating and publishing the book first. So definitely a roadblock and, and a stray away from what I thought would be my book writing path. 
um, but all the more worthwhile when I look back. And, and that's what I'm doing now. It's self-publishing has given me this freedom and this opportunity to make this process my own, go out and do my own marketing and outreach and things like that. And that's what's been so fun about the process. Yeah, you know, I've talked to a lot of people uh, about that that yeah. publishing route, and yeah. it is not uh, it is not easy, and it's it's not right. even necessarily um, it's not even necessarily the right way for everybody. Um, you know, right. you know why they they the reason they ask for all that platform is because they don't want to do any marketing for you. They want you to have already figured mm. that out. You know, they want mm -hmm. you to have you know, be able to go and book your own, you know, signing events and book your own speaking yeah. stuff and, and then just ride right. on the coattails of, of you mm -hmm. all under the guise of like, well, you know, we can get you on New York Times bestseller. We can get you in, yeah. you know, Barnes and Noble, like in those right. types of things. It's like, right. yeah. Um, you know, Toys R Us is going out of business. I mean, Barnes and Noble <laughs> has done a good job yeah. of rebranding and like not right. really rebranding, but like shifting their focus. I mean, you go in there, it's almost a half of a toy store in there. Uh, yeah. And I imagine as now the Toys R Us is going, it, it, they probably would even shift their focus even even greater into that that space. Um, mm -hmm. And 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 the probably the reason is because the margins are there and they have Starbucks, so they bring people in. Um, yeah. But exactly. but yeah, so it's. So like this whole idea of like okay building your platform like I I don't know I I have very little interest in doing um you know going the publisher route I, myself I've yeah. had people that came to me and were like hey I can get you this inner, you know this person to talk to and maybe they'd be interested they're a smaller publisher but even they still don't have the money for marketing don't have the yeah. connections and it's up to mm -hmm. you to do it they're just gonna print the book. Right. And, right. And like right. basically be like, hey, I know you liked this whole page, but yeah. now we're going to get rid of that whole page. And I know you mm -hmm. like this cover, but we're going to go with this cover instead. And yeah. by the way, that's going to cost, you know, a, a, right. a chunk of your, your sales. So, uh -huh. Uh -huh. Uh, I don't know. I Me personally, you write the book, get it out there and and just keep pushing it. Right. Like that's. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. Every day. Absolutely. Absolutely. So anyway. Uh, yeah. let's, before we get into, uh, how, uh, you can get your hands on a, get a copy of getting comfy. Let's talk about yeah. what getting comfy actually stands for. Right. Right. Yeah, of course. My favorite part. Okay. So getting comfy, your morning guide to daily happiness. We already touched on the fact that comfy is about getting comfy in the uncomfy, but it is a five step morning routine as well. So uh, I like to do this in like a, a fun, interactive way. So first C, Joe, let me ask you to do this. Um, kind of just stretch your arms way up in the air. I see my pit stains over here. <laughs> All right. Awesome. Awesome. This feels good. Feels good, right? Yeah. Yeah. So you get this calming feeling when you stretch and that's what C stands for, calm. So calm, there are a couple of recommendations I have, and that's one of the main themes of getting comfy is that these aren't demands like a lot of other self-help books. Uh, these are morning recommendations for you to t test out and try and create your own comfy routine. Um, so for C, one of them is stretching like you just did. And another one would be deep breathing. So you could have just done a couple deep breaths. 
another we'll one. Yeah, just like that. Over here in a minute. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yoga, yoga is one. Meditation is one. Listening to soothing sounds is one. Trying to find a place of solace is one. Um, so it's all about uh, finding anything that you can to feel calm in the morning. And the point of that is everybody wakes up and we're startled by our alarm clocks, you know? We're in the middle of this this wonderful dream and we just want to stay there and then we hear that that dreadful sound. And no matter what time it is, we want to hit the snooze button. And getting calm is all about overcoming the snooze button. Getting comfy is all about overcoming the snooze button. So what we can do right away is put ourselves in a mindset that battles that stress and anxiety that come along with the, I guess, the mundaneness of the activities that we're so scared of doing for the rest of the day. So that's C. Uh, so for O, oh, let's do this. All right, Joe, tell me, um, tell me something really awesome that you accomplished in the last couple weeks. Uh, I pull, I put my book out there. Sales won't save hey, your there we go. Sales can save your business. Great. Oh, book. we had a baby, so that was a that's a pretty big. Oh, thing too. that okay. So the book for book first, baby second, right? <laughs> Don't tell anybody. That's not. <laughs> no, what, no, but I need to come say if Melissa, if my wife had said that, you know, that for her that would be the accomplishment. Yeah, make sure make sure Melissa doesn't listen to this. <laughs> um, yeah, so so that's great. So. Writing down accomplishments is a part of O, and there are so many recommendations for O, but O stands for openness. There's two forms of openness. What we just did is being open with yourself. Uh, you could write down accomplishments. You can write down things that you're grateful for. You can flip it on its head and write down things that you're fearful of a little bit uh, against what we're doing and trying to stay positive, but still, it's a nice practice to get you outside of your comfy zone. Um, and then another thing, the other part, the other side of O is being open with others. So again, number of opportunities here. You can reach out to uh, an influential individual, a role model of yours, and put yourself on the line trying to get a conversation with them. You can contact old friends. You can uh, you know, reach out to a boss and ask them how your performance is. Uh, what openness is mainly is that vulnerability and that getting comfy in the uncomfy like we keep talking about. That's where the openness kicks in. So M, uh, Joe, let's see this. You're, you're a fun guy. Give me like a little, give me like a little shimmy. Uh, like, well, no one's going to see this, so <laughs> yeah. it doesn't matter, right? Bad, bad, like... bad, bad podcast radio, but <laughs> anyway. So, That's our so, best uh, Britney, Britney Spears impression. Yeah, no, it looked great. Uh, <laughs> anyway, so M stands for movement. And it could be a movement as simple and fun to put your, a smile on your face as shimmying in your bed or just kind of like, like shaking out your feet in your bed. Or it could be as complex as doing a high-intensity interval training circuit at the gym for 45 minutes or training for your Disney marathon for, for two hours. That could be your, your movement in the comfy routine. Uh, so what the main benefit of movement is, this one's pretty simple. There's research about it all over the place is that it really opens up your body, it opens up your mind, um, it allows for creativity to flow, it allows for positive energy to flow, and yeah, it just gives you exactly what you need, and that, you know, the beginning of that real smile that you want to have as you start the next uh, part of your day, which leads us perfectly into F, 
which stands for funny. So funny is all about what we just said, smiling, uh, laughing, being happy. And this one, again, is to sort of combat the norm of what so many of us do when we wake up. We check the news, you know, what's going on in the news these days. Most of the time, it's tragedy. Uh, I say this in the book, you know, instead of CNN, I wish there was a PNN, a positive news network. So I created this, uh, these, you know, websites and Facebook pages that have funny videos, funny memes, funny stories, just jokes uh, that allow you to get your get your head and your mind in the in the mindset of, you know, we need to live in the moment. There is always bad stuff going on, but let's have a sense of perspective. Things could be worse uh, and we can move forward and get through this. So that's funny. And then why finally is I'll ask you one more question. So you asked me this, but what's a, a side passion that you have that maybe not too many people know about? Oh, I mean, I mean, most people know at this point, I, I like to DJ, uh, oh, it kind of, okay. uh, started this whole journey. Um, yeah, sweet. but yeah, uh, so, so it would either be be hockey or, or DJing or yeah. I don't know. I don't really, I play video games still like there's yeah. that. <laughs> yeah. No, all those are perfect. Uh, and that's because why is all about you. Uh, it stands for you or your passion or your choice. So the last thing we do before we do, unfortunately, have to get to our jobs, our work, our school, whatever it is that we face every single day, is focus on something that you wake up and really want to do rather than have to do. You know, so you spend 10 minutes before getting to work just, you know, working on your on your DJing. Um, and that's, again, a great way to cap off this routine that allows you to say like, I don't know if I can swear or not, but like, like that morning was incredible. And no matter what gets thrown at me the rest of the day, I had such a fantastic morning that nothing can really bring me down. So, I mean, all that sounds awesome. I, yeah. the only one that would be tough is once you have kids doing the you part, it can be uh, pretty muddy in the morning. Um, let me tell you, you this though, Joe. What's Let me that? tell you this. So that, yeah, that makes sense. But your kids can be your you. Like my, I realized that my mom and dad, like when I was five years old, before comfy was even an idea in my head, their you every single morning was for my dad. It was waking up, you know, he got ready for work. And then right before he had to get on the train to switch to that work mode, he would come into our rooms, you know, 6.30 in the morning. I should have been sleeping, but, you know, I was always awake. He'd give me a kiss on the head. He'd give my brother a kiss on the head, and then he'd go to work. So his kids were his you. My mom, before we would go off to school, she would focus on us as well. And she would wake up, you know, a half hour before we would. She would cook us breakfast. She would create these picnics in our room, and she would, you know, give us literally breakfast in bed every single morning. So that was amazing, and I realized that that's what they did before they had to face the rest of their day was they focused on their kids, making their kids the best lives absolutely possible at the end of their mornings as their, you know, their focus. No, hey, I, I, I'm, I'm all for that. I'm talking yeah. about the part where their kids are crying and screaming, uh, and yeah, there's two okay. of them, and one starts uh, the other one crying. 
that's yeah, the yeah. that's where the muddiness comes in. Like, I mean, I love that's chasing Ava around. You know, like yeah. it's so much fun. She's you know, we we play football. We we do tackle. We do yeah. uh, you know numbers and letters and shapes. Yeah. And we watch Nemo together. Like it's you know that's that's awesome. Yeah. That that's, part that's I amazing. I definitely uh, I love. So uh, no, I think it's a great acronym, and I think that. Uh, the book itself is, you know, you've done a great job and I think that you're going places here as far as um, you're just getting started and, and mm. like really, really just getting started. So yeah. let's talk about how you and not you as in, as in super Jordan over here uh, <laughs> can get your hands on a copy of getting comfy. So the be one of the first three fans to post an Instagram related image of any of the comfy principles that we mentioned today. So that's calming, openness, movement, funny, and you. And mention, uh, mention at, or tag me at Super Joe Pardo and at getting underscore comfy. Uh, and you will get yourself a free copy of Getting Comfy. Thank you so much for doing that, Jordan. I, I do appreciate that. And I know yeah, there's quite a few of, of the people that listen to this show that will probably want to take advantage of that. You, oh, know I who so. I, you know who I'm speaking to right now, listening. I, I, I know that you do. Jordan, what was your childhood dream growing up? Professional soccer player. So, you know, like when you were growing up, though, it wasn't like a thing unless you like yeah. went to Europe or like in, you know, yeah. Brazil. Yeah, it, it wasn't. But uh, I played so much soccer growing up that that was all I could think about. You know, it was I was a goalie. So I just wanted to be. And when I was growing up, you know, he's honestly still pretty amazing. Tim Howard was just number one. I just wanted to be the next Tim Howard. And that was it. I remember that from when I was like eight years old. That that is that is awesome, and now you know the MLS is a thing and is bigger yeah. than, than ever. Um, yeah. So that's that's awesome. Uh, yeah. So I mean, I guess I you know, but you're still you're still in it. You're still doing healthy things. You're still working out and and taking that springboard. Yeah, still doing healthy things, training other people, training myself. Still love the sports. I, I'd say the funniest thing about what I wanted to be when I grew up was the fact that writer was probably the last thing on the list. Um, I I actually like, especially reader. I'd say more so reader. I, I enjoyed writing. I, I, you know, I was pretty good at it. Um, but reading, I absolutely dreaded, you know. I, my eyes would start to close when I would read more than a couple pages. So the fact that now I read and write so often is like absolutely mind-boggling. Well, as, as anyone knows me, I, I'm not a big reader. I, I, I yeah. am painfully slow and, yeah. uh, it's, it's, t I mean, I, it's hard for me to even read emails, honestly. Like the people that, some of the people <laughs> that send me emails, they send super short emails and in some cases will even bold the piece of the email that they actually want me to right. read if it's like for a right. bunch of people, because they know yeah. that my eyes are glazing after about two or three or four sentences. Um, yeah. if it's not, you know, super interesting to me, uh, yeah. or involved with me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah well brevity brevity and simplicity is the key you know i think that's great and with that said you know i do want to make an effort at some point maybe it's this year maybe it's next year uh, uh to actually 
figure out this whole reading thing and get better at it and and mm-hmm. and get quicker at it um, yeah. so i could do more of it um with that said it does always make people laugh when i tell them i'm an author that doesn't read books yeah <laughs> yeah it is funny well you know i even two things one it could be your why in the morning you could read 10 pages or so you could do that but two i even double appreciate you taking the time to read getting comfy i mean the fact that you know you were able to do that just it was me so was, much it was easy but at the same time it, for me it was tough right because yeah I, so I, I i'm trying to to read through it as quickly as i can but right mm-hmm. so like i that's the thing when like full disclosure when i read something i yeah. read every single word in mm. my head like this mm. and and because i want to digest everything i think you know, when it comes to art, when it comes to creativity, when it comes to writing, to me, everything is supposed should be intentional, right? That's right. why my books are super short and they're intentional. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I love the fact that you wrote a short book that's that's designed for people like me that are in that realm of like, okay, mm-hmm. if I read ten pages in ten days, I'll have this book done. Now, yes. most people yes, yes. would be like, oh, that you should be able to read that in like you know three toilet sittings or something. But, yeah. Uh, to quote somebody that is a quote on the back of my first book, <laughs> but, That's right. but, but yeah, I, you know, it's, it's, it's very difficult. So, so some people are like, Oh, you should just listen to audiobooks. Mm-hmm. And I, maybe, I don't know. I, I think, and I want to get your input on this. So as yeah, a create, so. as a creator, right. I, mm-hmm. at the same time of as much as I would like to read books, I, I try to limit my input from, from things because I don't want to recreate what other people have. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, you, what you said kind of makes me – tell me if I'm going the wrong way here. It makes me think of something I wrote recently about the access to so much information. And it's the fact that you know if you expose yourself to 50 different self-help books, you'll be like, oh – well, Tim Ferriss said I could do this, but Mel Robbins' rule completely contradicts that. So who do I listen to? Like, I'm reading all the self-help books, but it's not helping me at all because I don't know which method to choose. So I think at the end of the day, I am totally on your side, and it's just – it's all about buying in, right? It's about buying into one particular thing, buying into one particular book that you're going to write, one book that you're going to read following one person's recommendations um, and creating them and making them your own so that it is your thing and you're just using their thing to guide you. No, I, I would agree. And that's why I like the fact that you came up with like an outline rather than a like, here's the 10 mm-hmm. steps to blah, 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 blah. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, so I and think some that... people like that too. You know, some people want to just be told exactly what to do. But, right. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, totally. And I believe me, yeah. I, I agree because, like, obviously there's plenty of books that have, like, the seven steps to blah, 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 or the eight steps to blah, blah, blah. So um, – and I think that, that it definitely has its place. I think it just depends on the type of person that you're trying to um, to reach, right? People that don't necessarily need that – those direct steps. Like, I do step one, step two, step three, step four. Mm-hmm. I do all the steps. Mm-hmm. I'm good. I'm going to get there. Uh, yeah. Or I need an outline to just kind of – shape all of the things that I'm into and shape all of the things that I love about my life into a format. That's like, this makes sense. I'm already doing a lot of these things. I didn't realize I was doing this and now I can add, plug in one or two or three things to those things. And now it grows into 
a lifestyle rather than just like the one or two things that I was doing. Absolutely. Absolutely. Beautifully said. Yeah. Well, thank you. Um, yeah. <laughs> every once in a while, I get something, right? Uh, no, you, you've been awesome, man. Uh, so while we're at the, you know, in the past about childhood dreams and stuff, let's, let's yeah. talk about last names because, like, your last name's gross. <laughs> and I can't yeah. imagine that went over. I mean, I have my own issues growing up, too, with last names yeah. and, and things of that nature. But I, I'm, I'm curious to hear your story. <laughs> yeah, let's do it. Let's Let's really dig in there. So... I, I like to say, look, getting comfy is, has been, it's been my whole life. The more that I think about it and try to s- create, you know, Jordan Gross as the face of getting comfy. I've had to, you know, I, I've had a really fortunate life, but I, I've had to overcome some interesting obstacles. So I like to put it this way, you know, that like trifecta in, in horse racing and horse betting. Uh, is that where you bet the one, the two and the three? Yeah, so okay. trifecta. It's like, yeah, that term. So I like to say that growing up, I actually displayed the quadfecta of negative traits. So here we go. So I had long hair and was commonly mistaken for a girl. I was cross-eyed, so I wore these big doofy glasses. I was pretty overweight, so I got made fun of for that. And last but not least, my last name was Gross. So before even seeing anything about me, all you had to do was hear my name and immediately say, ew. (laughs) So to, to put it lightly, that was a little challenging the more I think about it. But what was cool was, you know, like being larger than everyone like that made me better at sports. So I kind of you know, I had the best of both worlds in a way. And I use being better at sports to get a lot of friends. And, you know, I use gross to kind of like make it a joke. And, and that's how, you know, my, my personality shaped itself into, into what it is today. And I got comfy with all those bad attributes and, uh, you know, that's, that's what you got to do. You can only move forward. No, I, I, I hear you. Uh, yeah. I, I, I fit the bill on uh, quite a bit of those myself, but I think the most important thing about that is it gives you, um, uh, what's the term I'm thinking? I want to say humanizes you. Um, and it enables you to, to be able to, um, uh, to have empathy, right. When you see other people that are, that are being, uh, negatively, uh, you know, treated or anything like that. So, so for me, like I've used it as that springboard myself, um, and, and I, you know, I, I don't want to say I'm thankful for some of those tough years. Uh, but mm-hmm. in a lot of ways, like the further we get away from it, the more thankful I am. Yeah. You appreciate them. A hundred percent. hundred percent. So super Jordan, what are your dreams to the future looking like? Oh, that's a big question. Uh, I, you know, every morning I, I do like to journal, I write down, you know, short term goals and some long term goals. Um, I'd say the short terms right now are to continue building the following, um, you know, literally uh, one message every single day related to what getting comfy is doing for somebody's life makes me feel like an absolute rock star. Uh, so continuing to get those, continuing to get more followers is, it means the world to me and more long term, I, like I mentioned to you in the beginning, like. I am a millennial, but I don't love to portray those stereotypes. So 
I do try to create instant gratification, like those little wins that come along with this process, getting followers, um, you know, getting nice comments, things like that, getting reviews on Amazon, um, things like that. I'm in this for the long haul at the end of the day. And I'm focused on the long-term growth of this. And in four, five years, you know, like I want to be a Lewis Howes. I want to be a, a Hal Elrod. I want to be one of those guys who people really look to, to change their lives. And I think I can do that, uh, for lack of a better cliche, one morning at a time. I think you will, but I don't think you'll be any of those people that you just named that I don't know the names of, but I think you will be the super Jordan gross. So, uh, and it won't be so gross that at that point, I Uh, I appreciate it. All the people that doubted you will be grossly mistaken. Oh, that's a great one. That's really good. To go with your positive news network, I'm going back to punny news network. Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) That's that's good stuff. I like that. Jordan, before we share how uh, people can connect with you, I just want to remind everyone that if you missed it before, uh, I'm going to tell you again at the end how you can get your your hands on your signed copy of Getting Comfy. Jordan, how can everyone reach you? So, a couple different places. One, my email. Uh, I'm very pretty responsive to emails. Uh, it's jordan at getting-comfy.com. Feel free to reach out there. That's definitely a primary method. Two, uh, Instagram. Today, actually, well, this is going to be aired later, but we're doing uh, Instagram here and there, trying to post content every single day. You can direct message us on there. Also, please follow us at getting underscore comfy. Same name on Twitter. We're a little bit less active on there right now, but looking to build that too. Our Facebook page is getting comfy. Uh, Again, trying to build that up. Uh, I'm on Medium at Jordan Gross where I post content that is truly aligned with the getting comfy mentality. And I also have a blog and a website that, is getting comfy. There's info on the book. There are those blog posts. Uh, and I, one of the big things about it is that I love contributing authors. So if you've written anything that you want to share with the world that has to, it has anything to do with getting comfy, please send it to me. And I would love to feature you in the getting comfy community. Um, so again, you can send it to my email at Jordan at getting under, uh, getting dash comfy.com. And then finally, of course, is the book itself on Amazon. Uh, so if you just Google Getting Comfy, Your Morning Guide to Daily Happiness on Amazon, I will provide Joe with the link as well. Um, you can get a ebook copy right now is $4.99 and a paperback copy is $9.99. Um, but like Joe said, you have the opportunity to get your free signed copy. Um so that's that's pretty much it. I, I really, really, really would love to hear from some of you guys. Uh, I think the last message I have to say is that, like Joe said, I, I'm a real person. Uh, I want to talk to you. Uh, I want to, to help you, to guide you, to share my struggles uh, and my triumphs. Uh, and I want those for you too. Um, so getting comfy is is not just an idea it, it's an idea and i say that it's it's an idea because it's something that's so simple that you've done it in the past you you've heard about it in the past 
And it's something you say, duh, that's so easy. But once you start to implement those I does into your life, you start to notice some changes. And I, and I think, you know, those changes are what really make you better and allow you to get comfy. No, I, I, I love that. And I, I think, uh, to me, you know, building relationships is, is one of the most important things that you can do. It's been the most important thing to me over the course of my life. Uh, mm-hmm. you know, being able to reach out to people and, uh, and, and get to crew, you know, be a part of experiences with them over the course of many, many years, uh, is it, this is what life's about. right. We're like, commute, yep. commute, was it communable? I don't know. I'm making up words at this point. We, we, we are connecting. connected, uh, yeah. individuals in it, you know, and we're a connected species where we're constantly trying to connect and, and be apart with each other. So, um, yeah. so Jordan, uh, I would absolutely love to have you on the show again. It's, you've been a great guest. Uh, oh, and I'd love know, that. Oh, great. Glad to, yeah, <laughs> glad to hear yeah. that. Uh, before we, uh, you know, wrap up this show here, is there any last thoughts you'd like to share? Any last thoughts? Uh, kind of thought that was my last little pitch, but, uh, the last thing I would say (laughs) is, uh, it has to do with relationships and, and what you said really drives it home for me. Uh, the last quick little story I'll tell you, I know I've been telling you them all day, is that the other day I was on the I was on the line at the grocery store, and I got up to the cashier and I was just like, "So how are you doing? How, how's your day going?" She just didn't even look up, and I was like, "Excuse me, like I, I can't hear you. Like, how's your day?" And she finally looks up and she's just like, "Oh, like, were you talking to me?" And I was very taken aback. I was like, "Yeah, of course. Like, who else would I be talking to?" And she just goes, "Well, I just assumed that you were on your headphones or on your phone or something." And that really, that really kind of got me upset because I think that we need to get rid of our phones a lot of the time and make real live connections. So what I have to say is get out there, say hi to the cashier, say hi to your doorman, you know, open the door for somebody and say thank you and you're welcome. Uh, you know, say have a good day to the cab driver, you know, when you get out of an elevator, just talk to other people and that's the best method to really enhance your quality of life, enhance your happiness, improve your mental health. Um, so yeah, get out there and be sociable. Oh, I, I couldn't agree more when I, yeah. when I, uh, when, when I hate giving the word good. How am I doing? Good. I, I was like, I'm doing wonderful. Yeah. I'm doing amazing. I'm doing really, mm-hmm. really well. Excited. Yeah. You know, be excited. Like, uh, things like that. And, and it might make somebody else's day, right? It doesn't necessarily just have to be about making your day. Cause that, I mean, everything's a selfish thing, but uh, you know, it's also about making somebody else's day and, and maybe, you know, changing, changing the course of their day. Yeah. So, uh, Jordan, yep, yep, yep. thank you so much. If you've enjoyed this episode of the business podcast with me and Jordan, then I ask that you just do one simple thing, reach out to somebody, help build that relationship or continue the relationship that you have and communicate with them that this was a great episode and a great podcast that you would recommend that they go and download and listen to or take their phone from them and just download it for them. Either way, I'm not trying to tell you how to run your life. Um, 
And this episode uh, has been brought to you by Getting Comfy, your morning guide to daily happiness. And if you want to get your morning guide to daily happiness, uh, we're giving, or Jordan's giving away, three signed copies. All you need to do is post, uh, be one of the first three people to post an Instagram picture. I was like, you just like, it says just Instagram, but, but it's, it's a picture post an Instagram yeah. picture related to you getting comfy. You remember that's calming openness, movement, funny, and you, uh, so one of those principles and mentioned, uh, mentioned, or yeah, tag those people, those people being me at super Joe Pardo and at getting underscore comfy. And the first three people that do that will be getting a signed copy. We'll be reaching out uh, to make sure that happens. Jordan, thank you so much for that, uh, for wanting to give away three copies, three signed copies of your book. And thank Absolutely. you so much for taking the time to be on the show to here today. Super Joe, this was absolutely wonderful. Uh, it's been a pleasure getting to know you and can't wait to be back. Absolutely. Absolutely. Super Jordan and you and everybody else listening have a magical rest of your week and I'll see you all next week. Thanks for joining us for this episode of the business podcast featuring super Joe Pardo. Get more business content at superjoepardo.com. If you or someone you know would like to be a guest on The Business Podcast, send an email to joe at superjoepardo.com. The Business Podcast is copyrighted to 234 Solutions, LLC.